know that you're always going to come up with an excuse as to why it's not a ghost. But tell me why someone is... What was that? <laughs> I don't know. It's a weird sound in my throat. Are you wheezing? I, I'm fine. Try. Try to sound like... Try to check if you're wheezing. <laughs> How does one do that? I don't know. I'm scared for you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine. Okay, okay, okay. Anyways, just worried for your health. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Sid. And I'm KP. Welcome to Creepies. Yeah. Okay, so I've been watching a lot of horror movies lately. Okay. And I love have, that for you. Yeah. Well, I don't know if it's that great for me because I was getting really freaked out last night and I think that's why I couldn't sleep. Oh, you couldn't sleep last night? Well, I had trouble falling. Well, I kind of had trouble falling asleep, but like I woke up in the middle of the night and couldn't go back to sleep. Oh, what movie did you watch? I watched the movie Smile. Oh, was it good? It was not good. In what way? It was just, like, really unrealistic, mm. but there were a lot of jump scares. I hate that. Yeah. But I'm still probably going to watch it. Yeah, you should You should watch it and let me know what you think. Yeah, I'm curious. But I definitely was a little disappointed, but it still scared me. Like, I was literally screaming. And Jordan, my husband, was like, sitting, why are you scared? <laughs> Have we ever talked on the podcast about the time that we went to the haunted house? We haven't, and we should talk about it right now. So let me, let me, let me just defend myself by saying I am not good with getting scared. <laughs> and my husband really wanted to go to a haunted house. And since I'm a good wife, I said, fine. Yep, and I went with them because I'm a good friend, and <laughs> um, as soon as we entered the haunted house, I hear this, like, blood-curdling scream that I thought was the haunted house, and I think anyone with me would have thought that it was the haunted house, and it's only after, like, a minute and a half of the scream sticking with us the whole way through the haunted house <laughs> that I realized... That it is Sydney screaming consistently, nonstop, bloody murder the whole time behind me. I, I was genuinely very scared. You definitely were. And as soon as I realized it was you, it cracked me up and I couldn't stop laughing. And it was the longest haunted house in the world. It, it was. It lasted like 30 minutes. Way too long. And so it was 30 minutes of Sydney screaming bloody murder and me laughing hysterically, and it was one of the best experiences of my whole life. I'm glad you feel that way, because <laughs> I feel like it was one of the worst for me. <laughs> it was so funny. I feel like, personally, a haunted house should be 15 minutes tops. I feel you. I feel you. 10 minutes, maybe. <laughs> Five minutes, ideal. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I can't believe we didn't go to a haunted house this year. I know, I was really trying not to bring it up so I didn't give anyone any ideas. Yeah, Jordan really wanted to go. I know, <laughs> I know he did. <laughs> I'll have to prepare for it and we'll have to do it next year. Yeah, ugh, yeah. <sighs> so I also had kind of a weird sleep last night. I went to bed early because I'm an old person mm -hmm. and... And I woke up really early, and Elias was also awake, just, like, like awake in bed. 
And I was like, why are you awake? And he was like, I don't know. I just, (laughs) and my alarm went off not long after that at 4.30 a.m. so that I could be here on time to record. Right. It's it's currently 6.25 a.m. right now. Just thought I'd add that, but continue. And I got in my car and it said that it was 5.30 and I was confused. And then I remembered that we had daylight savings and I got an extra hour of sleep. Oh. Maybe that's why I woke up in the middle of the night. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I was grateful for the extra hour. Yeah, absolutely. Daylight savings makes no sense. I don't understand it either. It's something about farming and the hours of daylight. Like, we're saving yeah. the hours. Yeah. Yeah. I could do without it. I could do without it, too. It wouldn't affect my life in literally any way. Yeah, I feel you. Except for I wouldn't have this weird thing where it's like, remember, don't forget that you have to do something confusing with your clocks. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So should we get started? Okay, so we're going to talk about the Malaysian Flight 370 that went missing. Okay, I'm so excited that that's your topic because I have always been really interested in what happened. There are so many theories about what happened. And it's really interesting because no one still knows what happened to yeah, this day. Yeah, and it happened so recently. I feel like we live in a time where you expect them to be able to figure out everything. Exactly, which is what makes this so unsettling. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it disappeared on March 8th, 2014. Okay. So not that long ago at all. Not at all. But honestly, longer ago than it feels like to me. Okay. I felt like it was just a few years ago, but that's like eight years ago. Yeah, So it departed from Kuala Lumpur, one of the fastest-growing cities in Asia. Okay. There were 227 passengers and 12 crew members. Okay. And it was supposed to be flying to Beijing, and it never showed up. And so an hour after it was supposed to show up, they sent out search and rescue, um, a search and rescue mission. Okay, so they acted pretty quickly. They did. I thought, aren't, like planes supposed to be in contact with someone like the whole time they are and the plane actually flew off the radar okay so they lost contact but let me go into that okay so the prime minister made an announcement that the flight landed somewhere in the indian ocean okay that's what they thought happened originally landed landed somewhere aka crashed somewhere in the indian ocean So, apparently, they found some remains of the aircraft in the Indian Ocean, but to my understanding, not all of it. And I think they just found a little piece of the wing, like the flap that's on the wing. Oh, that's so tiny. It's so tiny. That's, it's crazy that they found something, but all they found is a tiny piece. Exactly. It feels like it would have been less weird if they just not found anything, because it would feel like they weren't in the right place. That's so true. I didn't think about it like that. So what we do know is that a subsequent flight tried to contact the Malaysian aircraft using the international air distress frequency during the flight. While they while the flight was still on the radar, they recorded that another flight tried to contact them. Okay. So I'm not quite sure if there was a problem or why they were trying to get a hold of the aircraft. Yeah, because is the distress frequency used for, like, issues? Yes. Gotcha. But all they heard on the end, other end was mumbling and static. Okay, that's really creepy. Mm-hmm. Was it mumbling like 
Like, there was just no one that was at the microphone, so they were just hearing background talking? Or was someone, like, sitting there mumbling? I don't know, but sitting there mumbling is very scary. Yeah, the way scarier option. Yeah, and there are theories that something happened with the captain, so I'll jump into that. Oh, okay, so maybe he was mumbling? Yes. Okay. So, there was clear visibility, a few clouds in the sky, no rain, no lightning nearby. Okay, good conditions. Good conditions. It disappeared from the secondary radar, but everything was going absolutely fine. So, it was really mysterious as to why they were going off the radar. Oh. So, everything was fine when they disappeared off the radar. Yes. That's weird. Exactly. Is there, like, a video of the radar? So... The reason why countries were hesitant to release this information about the radar and about the whereabouts was because they didn't want anyone to see what military radar was capable of seeing. That's weird. Yeah. That feels creepy. It does feel creepy. I'm sure it's just so that, like, other militaries can't, like, understand what exactly they need to go unnoticed. But it feels like that means that they can see a lot or something. Yes. Which makes it even crazier that they lost track of this... Yeah. And how does radar work? Does it only pick up if you're in the sky? I suppose, because if they crashed in the Indian Ocean, wouldn't they still be able to see that? I would think so, unless it, like, yeah, it's just in the sky. So there is a theory that, from a mathematics professor at Texas A&M, that said the plane may have entered the water vertically. What do you mean? I mean that the plane, you know how planes fly horizontally? Uh Uh-huh. It turned, like, what is that, 180 degrees and went straight down into the Indian Ocean. That's terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. I I mean, I guess it would, like, totally mess up upon impact, right? Well, apparently this explained, this would have explained the lack of debris everywhere. Oh, so it wouldn't break apart on impact that way. No. So it would go so fast, it would just zoom to the bottom of the ocean. Oh my gosh, I hate that, I hate that, I hate that. I hate it! I don't like that at all. I, I don't like that it. at all. No, I, t- I told you, this is this is a very scary theory. I don't like the idea of how quickly you could get to the bottom before all the water got in, and mm-hmm. I don't like that at all. Right. So that's like, the thought is the pilot did that? I don't know who or why that would have happened, but all I know is that that mathematics professor thinks that's why there's no debris. Okay. Another theory... Hold on. If the pilot did that, it's a really messed up thing to do to all those people. Yeah, I totally agree. Like, 227 people and 12 crew members. It's terrible to have killed them anyways. But like, that's horrible. But why would you do it in the most horrific, horrific way possible? Yeah. I to- I'm with you. I'm, I'm right there with you. Yeah. One hypothesis stated that it could have been sucked into a black hole... But this was rejected. Wait, what do you mean? Like a black hole in the ocean? Yeah, apparently the ocean has black holes. What? I know. I don't really understand the physics behind all of that, but apparently there are black holes in the ocean. Okay, I'm definitely going to be YouTubing that later. Yes, of course. This is something that's also scary. So it was the fourth anniversary of the Malaysian flight disappearance. Someone received a phone call in strange voicemails and texts with coordinates that were close to where the flight vanished on the radar. In Morse code, this person said it was an alien abduction. Who this caller remain who this caller was remains unknown. However, people chalked it up to a prank or a hoax. That does feel like a hoax to me. Like four years afterwards. But how were the coordinates so similar? Well, how, didn't plan- they release the coordinates? 
I thought they didn't. Oh, because they didn't release the radar. Exactly. Okay. But maybe it was someone that knew. I don't know. I don't know. I just thought that was spooky. It is spooky, but it's just weird that it happened after. I agree. Crew suicide and hijacking was another theory, but they investigated the life of the captain and found something extremely strange. Okay. They found out the captain was seeing another woman and his marriage was in trouble. Oh, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Wikipedia said the following. Investigators noted strange behavior by the captain from conducti- conducting 170 interviews, namely that the captain had made no social or professional plans for after March 8th when the Flight 370 disappeared. Oh, okay. So it could be that he wasn't planning to be alive. Exactly. So I guess if it was the pilot, he could have maybe done the whole thing so quickly that there was no time to respond. But if it was a hijacking, I just have such a hard time believing that somehow someone wouldn't have got the word out. Because, like, planes have Wi-Fi and stuff nowadays. Yeah? Did they in 2014? I think so, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think that they did. And it just, you know, people have all kinds of messaging apps and stuff on the Wi-Fi. It just would seem crazy that no one could have gotten a message out. Well, there's something called a phantom cell phone theory. Where, oh my god, your face. (laughs) Your face. Where family members had called their loved ones that were on the flight, and the phone would ring as if it were still working. Yeah. That Uh, makes me feel like the plane didn't go in the ocean. Well, someone debunked this by saying that phones can do something called ringbacks, where it searches for connection, but sounds like it's ringing on the other line. Oh. So that was kind of debunked. I see. But the cell phone phantom theory is scary. Well, yeah, just, like, the idea that they, that the phones are still in service somewhere. But surely they could track them. Sure, yeah. Like, a lot of resources, as far as I'm aware, went into finding this plane. Right. Some say the CIA is behind this and covering it up. Um, as there is Because there's no way an entire plane can go missing without anyone knowing where it is. But why would it be the CIA? a good question fbi kp (laughs) (laughs) um and remember when we talked about the bermuda triangle Uh uh-huh some say the plane disappeared around there oh was that part of like in its flight path i think so i see okay still doesn't explain it doesn't explain a whole lot it's just like remember this other mysterious thing it it, it just did that (laughs) (laughs) exactly I think by far the scariest theory is entering vertically into the ocean. Yeah. 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 I wonder what the deepest part they flew over was after they disappeared off the radar. That's a really good question. Also, okay, if they just disappeared off the radar, if when you hit the ocean, you're out, like, wouldn't they have been able to see on the radar that it had turned? Like, downward? I wish I knew more about, like... Radar The, stuff. the radar. Me because too. I feel like that's key in this case. Yeah, I want to know, too. I'm so... I'm so curious. I'm so curious. But experts have looked into this and still can't debunk it, which is so crazy to me. Mm, my gosh, I just really don't like the idea of flying straight into the ocean. I know! I hate it! I hate it. So that is what I have about the Malaysian Flight 370. Well, that is terrifying. Yeah, I I really enjoyed researching this, but found it very creepy to be very creepy and disturbing, yeah. I really want to know what happened. Do you think we'll ever know, or it'll be like, 
our generation's Amelia Earhart. Amelia Earhart was eaten by crabs. I have heard that theory. By, um, oh, what are they called? Coconut crabs. Coconut crabs. Which sound delicious. Yeah. Well, have you ever seen a coconut crab? Yeah, they look big and meaty. They look big and scary. <laughs> Why do you say with such confidence that she was eaten by a coconut crabs? Because they're so vicious. Mm. Coconut crabs? Yeah. It would explain why there's no there was no remains. I see. I could actually go into a lot about coconut crabs because my undergrad research had to do with fiddler crabs. Right. So I actually know a lot about crabs. Are fiddler crabs scary? They're tiny. Oh. I they're vicious though. Oh. I I have been pinched many a time. Mm. So it would have freaked me out. Yeah. So what do you know about the Lost Colony of Roanoke? I've literally never heard about this. You've never heard about Roanoke? Never. That really surprises me because I definitely learned about it in history class as a kid. I never paid attention in history. Okay. I was always, like, really... I, I don't even think I ever got an A in history. I think I was always, like, a purely B, B-minus student in mm. history. Do you think that little you would be shocked to learn that you grew up and started a creepy history podcast? I do. I think little me would be proud and excited and shocked. <laughs> okay. During the late 1500s... There was kind of like a race between Spain and England to colonize as much of North America as they could before the other got to it. Okay. Part of this, like, drive to colonize were these attempts to settle around the border or, like, the coastal line of North Carolina. And ultimately, there ended up being a settlement led by a guy named John White, who was the governor of the colony, um, that landed on Roanoke. And this wasn't the first settlement attempt on Roanoke, so it wasn't really a great place to try again because the first settlement attempt ended really poorly because of like a lot of different hostile forces like the local Native Americans and lack of like supplies and being able okay. to grow crops well and stuff like that. And like they were really dependent on the health of the Native Americans. Okay. But they landed there anyway, and this was an island that was roughly eight miles long and, like I said, near the coast of North Carolina. It was John White and 117 other people. It was 97 men, 17 women, and 9 little boys. Um, and this is what's known as the first attempt at a permanent English settlement. So I guess the settlements before weren't intended to last forever. Okay. Not long after the settlement was established, John White's daughter gave birth to a little girl named Virginia, Virginia Dare. And she was the first English baby to be born in North America. So she was kind of a big deal. Okay. Yeah. Later, not long after they had gotten there, John White went back to England to get supplies because there just wasn't enough supplies for them to make it and things weren't doing well. So he had to go. And he intended to be back like by winter, but because of some war stuff that was going on, he didn't end up making it back for three years. Wow. Yeah. Long time. Yeah. But you know, things were just different then with like travel. Three-year hiatus. Yes. Um, and when he made it back... The colony was totally gone. There was no one there. Interesting. All 117 people were gone. Wow. Can mm -hmm. you imagine coming back and being like, hello? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I also can't imagine being gone for three years and showing back up. Yeah. Both are weird, but coming back and no one being there is definitely weirder. Right. I agree. So all of the houses and stuff had been like taken down. They weren't just burned or destroyed. It was like they were deconstructed. 
the belongings were gone for the most part, but there were, like, a couple of chests that were open and had been, like, looted, and there was just kind of stuff strewn about and, like, guns all over the ground. In two of the trees, there were words carved. In one of them, it was C-R-O, and then in another tree, it said Croatoan, which the colony had, like, a symbol, which was this cross where if they had been in danger, they were supposed to carve a cross. So it's weird that they had time to carve something, and they carved C-R-O and Croatoan. Do we know what those words mean? Well, C-R-O, no. We don't know. There's no way to know. But my guess is they were probably just trying to finish writing Croatoan. Like yeah. Maybe they were trying to write it twice. I'm not sure. But Croatoan is an island that was nearby and also was a name of a Native American tribe. Okay, so maybe they were trying to say, like, hey, we're all at this island. Yes. That's what John White interpreted as, as they were saying that they went to the Croatoan island. And he went to go try and investigate that, but there was a storm, and he wasn't able to, and then he didn't make another rescue attempt, and then, like, three years later, he died. So no one ever found out if they went to stay with the Croatoans. Okay. Are there other theories? Yeah, there are other theories. There are theories that they were killed by hostile Native Americans in the area. There's a single journal entry by John White, or a single line in a journal entry, that says that they were going to move 50 miles inland. So that is kind of weird, but it's weird that John White wrote that they were going to move inland, but also assumed they went to stay with the Croatoans. Right. Yeah. But no one knows what happened to them, and they just completely vanished without a trace. Vanished. And there's some stuff, like, where the tribe on Croatoan Island, which is now the Hatteras, or became the Hatteras, they had, like, descendants, or they had members of their tribe that had gray eyes, which was really weird. And they found some artifacts from the English around the time period there, but nothing that was solidly confirmed to be, like, from those settlers from the Roanoke colony. Okay. What do you think happened? I think that they probably went and joined with with the Native Americans in the area and then relied on them for survival, and they, like, had babies together and became indistinguished, like, just part of the same people. Okay. Something that's interesting is the Dare Stones, which is this stone that was found um, that had carvings in it. Mm-hmm. It was like an account of what had happened. But people aren't really sure if the stone is real or not. So it was found in 1937. So these are actual stones? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but anyways, there are a lot of forgeries made, and so... It's not really clear if the first original stone is real or not, but they know the others are forgeries. This stone is written by the daughter of John White, so the mother of Virginia Dare, and it's her account of what happened. And she says that the colonists moved to the west past the wetlands, and then there was a Native American attack in 1591, so just a little bit after, like four years after John White had left. And that the attack killed Virginia Dare, so the little girl that was born there, and um, the mother's husband. And that there were seven survivors, and they were just kind of lost in the woods. And so that was her account, if it was really written by her. But beyond that, they have no idea what happened. So they just completely disappeared, an entire colony. Wow, that's fascinating. Mm-hmm. I Traveling was so difficult. It took him three years to do one task. Well, I think he wasn't allowed to travel for part of it. I think there was, like, a war stuff going on, and maybe the ship was repurposed or something like that. Okay. Mm -hmm. 
But very spooky. There's a lot of, like, movies and TV shows that have played with this idea. Like, American Horror Story did a whole season on The Lost Colony of Roanoke. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. And Supernatural has an episode where it's, like, a demon virus that comes in and basically makes a town disappear. How do you feel about that? I don't... I liked Supernatural. <laughs> I'll give it that. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, I don't really know what my theory is. I guess... The most well, my favorite part of that story is the carving on the tree. Yeah, it's creepy. It is creepy, but I like to think it was a message to John mm-hmm. that we went to Croatoan Island. That that's what happened. Yeah, yeah. There's also some stuff about like on some of the old maps that were found. It was common for them to like patch it to correct mistakes, and they wrote someone was examining the old maps and they removed one of the patches and found what looked like the marking for a settlement. That was, like, 50 miles inland from where it was. Oh. Um, But it's just unclear what that meant, too, and if it was a mistake or if it was intentional and then they tried to hide it. I wish we could interview these people. Yeah, just to know more. Yeah. Apparently it's, like, one of the most frustrating things for true historians. Well, I like to think we're true historians. (laughs) Okay, so I have another one. Okay. So, this one is about the Mary Celeste. Have you ever heard of the Mary Celeste? Is it a ship? Uh Uh-huh. I think I remember vaguely seeing Mary Celeste, but that's it. When we were doing research for this. Yes, yes, but I didn't look into it. So, the Mary Celeste was a ship that existed around the late 1800s. And on December 4th of 1872, it was found in, in the Atlantic Ocean by a Canadian ship. There were supposed to be 10 crew members on board, but no one was there. It was just completely empty, like a ghost ship. The cargo was completely untouched, and the crew's personal belongings all seemed to still be there. The boat was basically undamaged. One of the sails, or a couple of the sails, was kind of damaged, and a sail was missing, but there was no other damage. And then a lifeboat was missing, but that was it. Everything else just looked like they left. And how many people were on the boat? Ten. Okay, so they could have all been on the lifeboat. They could have, yeah. Okay. The last entry for the ship was on November 25th, so I'm not sure exactly how many days that is from December 4th, but ten or eleven. Okay. And no one knows what happened. There's some speculation that maybe the crew got drunk, and then they, like, murdered the captain and his family. What? And then escaped on the lifeboat. Because the cargo that they were carrying was a bunch of alcohol. But this doesn't make any sense because the alcohol wasn't alcohol you could drink. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Other theories are like that there were pirates. But that doesn't really make sense either because the cargo was totally untouched. And isn't the point of being a pirate stealing stuff? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think so. Another explanation that probably is a little bit more plausible but also crazy is that there was a water spout. Do you know what that is? No. I looked it up, and it's like a tornado that moves from land to the water. And in doing so, I guess it, like, picks up a bunch of water and can just, like, put it somewhere else, basically. But wouldn't that have damaged the boat? I don't know. I guess it would depend on how forceful and crazy it was. That's an interesting theory. Mm-hmm. But the theory is that the water spout made the captain because he was a really experienced captain so it was really crazy that he would have abandoned the ship right but the theory is that the spout made him think that the ship was taking on more water than it really was and so it made him think that he needed to evacuate the boat and then maybe somehow they accidentally got separated from the boat okay but how long were they away from the boat until they were discovered what do you mean like who discovered this boat 
uh, a Canadian ship. Okay. So they just never returned back to the yeah, ship? Yeah, they, if they left the ship on the lifeboat, they still never, they were never found. They're still just missing. That's insane. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no one knows what happened. Wow. They're all just gone. It's just, to go back to our last episode, the ocean is scary. The ocean is so scary. Anything could have happened to them. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. But that's all I've got. Oh, when I was Googling for this episode and, like, looking up different topics that I could look into, you know what occurred to me is the scariest disappearance of all? What? That woman's fallopian tube. The woman's fallopian tube. There's an episode of Radio Rental where this woman goes in to have a surgery of some sort, and when she comes back out, the doctor's like, when was your fallopian tube removed? And she's like, what are you talking about? And that's terrifying. Terrifying. I would like to know where my fallopian tubes are at all times. All times. All times. So... I think that that would be very unsettling to hear that mine was removed without me knowing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that Radio Rental episode really messed with me. I love Radio Rental. I do too. Shout out to Radio Rental. <laughs> okay, so now we're going to do a Creepiest Chronicles submission. Ooh, fun. I can't wait. This is our first one. This is our first one. Yeah, let's get started. Okay. Okay, so it says, hello, my name is Jack. Hi, Jack. There's this haunted place known as Waverly Hills Sanatorium, which is in Kentucky. The Waverly Hills Sanatorium was a tuberculosis hospital, then a nursing home briefly after that, and now is known as one of the most haunted places on earth. Okay. Many people at Waverly Hills said that the road up was a one-way street, meaning that when people got there, they were stuck, so (gasps) to speak. Ugh, I hate that idea. I hate that idea, but also you could reverse in your car (laughs) and find your way back. Okay, okay, fair. (laughs) So before there was a cure to TB, they would perform experiments to see what what would help, like electric shock therapy, hydrotherapy, breaking ribs, question mark. Yeah, why would that help? I don't know. Replacing your lungs with balloons. What? And many more. After all that had failed, obviously, there were many deaths. And if you died, you were shoved down the death tunnel. The death tunnel? Right, right. I have a lot of questions about that. I also have a lot of questions about replacing your lungs with balloons. Yes. It feels like they didn't understand what a lung did. Or just general science. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 I'm a little confused about that. Yeah, it's terrible. It's terrible. I don't know how the death tunnel passed health inspections, but apparently it did. Okay. Okay. So no other patients would see. That was the point of the death tunnel, I guess. So there were also two sides of the hospital. One side where they thought patients would survive and the other side where they knew they couldn't. There was one suspected spirit and it was a kid named Tommy. And he fell off the playground that was built on the roof. What? Yeah, that... Why would there be a playground on the roof? Yeah, I'm not sure about that one. That's the worst place in the world to put a playground. I agree. There's literally no other place that's worse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and I guess there wasn't even, like, like a guardian or a railing? I guess not. Insanity. Insanity. There was a nurse by the name of Mary who supposedly committed suicide, but theories suggest that it was murder and staged. Oh. 
right there's so much happening here there's so much happening it's also sinister yeah insidious insidious (laughs) there's one demonic entity that resides in the hospital and it is known as the creeper the creeper crawls on all fours to you (gasps) no i hate that i hate it i hate it (laughs) mainly haunts the fourth floor climbs the walls and crawls on the ceiling and will fall in front of you it's very creepy and also gives me like insect vibes yeah i hate every part of that yeah i don't i don't like that i don't like that either waverly hills was a treatment center it was the largest sanatorium in the world and between six thousand and sixty thousand deaths occurred that's a large difference. It is. Yeah. Yeah, 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 it is. It was a TB hospital from 1911 to 1961, and TB wasn't curable until the 40s. Oh, I didn't know tuberculosis had a cure. I didn't either, but that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. One in seven Americans died from TB. It started in your lungs and would make its way to your brain. They thought that sunlight and air would help cure TB. They also would split your chest and expose your organs to UV light. <gasps> no. If you why? got TB, you couldn't leave. I'm I'm speechless. It's terrible. Yeah, I am too. Uh, yeah, UV light isn't going to do that. Yeah, and I don't think they understood how infections work. No, you, we've come a long way. We have come a long way from splitting open our bodies and exposing them to the raw air and sun right right yeah so was that the end of the creepies chronicle i think that's the end of the creepies chronicle okay well that was a perfect first one i agree it was great i love that thank you so much jack yes thank you all right well we'll see everyone next week all right bye